I want you to come away with me to Romans the 11th chapter verse 16 you probably have read this verse of scripture before or you may just pass by it and then pay attention to it but we're going to stop and pay attention to it today and see if we can get some insight or some revelation from God's word this year we have a theme thrive and explore in 2024 say that with me thrive and explore in 2024 well we started off this month by exploring first fruit giving amen and you know when you start talking about stuff like this you may lose a few people along the way or you may get some looks along the way but I just want to go on record that I'm not scared of any of you all. But Romans 11 and 16, it says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. I want to talk from a kind of like a little long uh, subject, but say this with me. When the first part is good, then the rest of it will be good. Say it again. When the first part is good, then the rest of it will be good. We said last week that when it comes to first fruit giving, many will never tap into this principle because they will never hear it, because it will never be taught by their leader, or they just won't receive it. Little history behind this Romans 11. You may recall that the book of Numbers, God said in Numbers 15 and 21, of the first fruit of your dough, ye shall give unto the Lord and heave offering in your generation. Now here the word dough, of course, is bread dough. A part of the dough was offered to God as an offering that all of it was acceptable. And so the first fruit evidently refers to the origin of the nation of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and holy has no reference to any moral quality, but the fact uh, when, uh, that it was set apart for God. That, that's really the principle that the first part was set apart for God. I want to speak in principle today. It was set apart for God. What about the whole harvest? So the first part was set apart for God. Should we not take a look at the whole harvest or just only the first part? And since Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were set apart for God, what about the nation? It all belongs to God, you see. God is not through with the nation of Israel, and neither is he through with us. 
So let me go back to where we were on yesterday, last week. In Malachi's time, God, God's people had neglected God's principle of first fruit giving. And so the result was they were giving to God something that was of no value to them. It was no value to God. This is what they were doing. They were giving God their leftovers. They were letting God have the rummage, the leftover. After picking through the best for themselves, they said, okay, after I get all what I want, here you go, God. So God said, I'll not have it. I'll not be disgraced in such a way. I'll not be treated in such a manner. After a while, it became a habit taking God for granted. We should never take God for granted. Like the relationship between a husband and wife. After a while, it becomes natural. I should never take first lady for granted. What she goes through to be her. The preparation that she has to, you know, to make herself look good and, and do things for the home and do things for the community and do things for the school. I should never take her for granted. All that she does for Harvey B. You know, some of us, we can take each other for granted. Well, you know, I've been with him so long. He's lying here. He's just like permanent furniture, that old thing. No, that man been good to you. Don't you take that man for granted because everybody, everybody can't put up with you. See, you don't want to talk now. You don't want to talk now. You got somebody that's going to put up with you. You ought to thank God for him because he put up with all of your shenanigans. All your frustrations. Hallelujah. I'm walking a little heavy. Okay, it's all right. I believe y'all can hold it. I believe y'all can hold this. I believe you can hold it. Y'all mature enough to take this. Y'all ready? Hallelujah. It might sting a little bit, but you'll be all right. What was that? No, no, everybody can't put up with you. So you, you listen, you are, don't take, don't take that man for granted. Now he ain't perfect, but let's see. You're not either. She ain't perfect. Let's see. Nor are you. So let me tell you something. You take that woman for granted, somebody else is going to say, they're going to be riding up like, back up. What do we have here? Who left you out here uncovered like that? Are they crazy or something? Not you. You, been, you mean to tell me nobody's taking you off the shelf to cover you? God, I done struck gold today. 
Look how some of y'all looking at your spouse, just laughing. Look at that. Yes. That was me, Bishop. I struck gold. Huh? And some of you all that been left alone, don't worry. God got a way of working things coming around. And you're going to get the last laugh. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody going to start smiling. You'll be like, who are you? What you looking at? Mm, you. Yeah, you. How you doing? Nice to meet your acquaintance. Where have you been? Well, I was at the house a few minutes ago. I, was, I decided to come to church. You know, bother nobody. But God's got a way of turning that thing around for you. See, all is not lost. See, some people don't know what to do with what they have. Watch this. If you're not altogether good, and you and he's not altogether good, what he's got to do is find out where he's supposed to be. And start speaking into your life what you should become. Then what he does, he makes you good for him. You got to go back to Ephesians 5. You start working on her so much so till you present her to yourself. Huh? Work on her in such a way that when you see her against her, Whose prized possession is that? You don't work on that girl so much. She done changed it. That, you, you know what that is? Uh, you know, uh, you're not trying to brag on that, that, that. But, hey, that's from all of your work and all of your investment when you see that. So when some man come by and look at your wife and say, and say you know, your wife, she's really nice. She's really kind. She all this and that and that. All he's doing is complimenting all of your investment. All that you done put into her. Y'all see what I done put? Oh, hallelujah. I like what I see. Hallelujah. I'm investing every day. I want to see what I have been investing in. No investment. No return. And when I look over there, I see without my return. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. They said, once you get on with the lesson now, you done got all off the, the oh, I'm in the message. I'm not going to take my wife for granted. You take that woman for granted, all the stuff that she does, you don't do. Because, listen. If y'all live together long enough, one of y'all going to wind up taking care of the other. Right, right, right. Sometime it's sooner than later. Right. And she love you enough that she'll do whatever she got to take to do. Whatever it takes, she, gonna, she love you enough to do it. Right. Amen. You get sick, she be trying to find stuff so you could, you know, get, get it together. Come on here. How many men know what I'm talking about? Right? 
You get injured or something, you have to go into surgery. Guess who right there? Huh? Talk back to me now. Get in an accident or whatever like that, she's going to be right there. You know what I'm saying? And, they get, and if it gets worse, you know, they all, they listen, they, they hold fast to their vows. If it get, you know, for better or for worse. We don't mean that sometimes, but then we get to the place where we say, yeah, I said it, so I got to own up to it. So even if she had to change your clothes and, you know, and everything else, clean you up. Treat her right because she might have to take care of you. You don't want to just push you on over in the corner. I told y'all we're going to get you, didn't I? You don't want that to happen. Hallelujah. You over in the corner can't do nothing but look. She cooking snake, you smell it. And you over in the corner, oh, you want some of this? Psych. Yes, it tastes good. Don't take her for granted. Even with all of her flaws and things that you think that get on your nerve, don't take her for granted. Don't take him for granted either. I know he's a, he's a handful and then some, but don't take him for granted. Hallelujah. You might got to tell him more than once, tell him twice, and tell him three times. It's okay. That's the one God placed you with. So don't take each other for granted. Okay, I got I to gotta go. I got to go. So, because if you do that, it's going to become natural. And after a while, you're going to be like, what did I do? What did I do? I didn't do nothing. No. You done done it for so long to you don't even know that what you're doing. And you taking each other for granted so long until I just figure he's supposed, and then we don't have him. Be like, oh, I just miss Henry. <laughs> Lord, I just didn't know that we're gonna be like this without Henry. <laughs> Henry, why you have to leave me like this, Henry? <laughs> oh, nobody named Henry in here. I'm slow up. Forgive me. It become natural. Now watch this. If you're stingy to God, you will weep accordingly. You can't afford to be stingy to God. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not marked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also Reap. I have to give you scripture behind everything I say because you think I'm, you know, I'm making this up. This is all Harvey B. I ain't got nothing. I don't have no Bible. I didn't write the Bible. But I've been called to teach the Bible. And before it hits you, it hits me. So God said, quit marking me. What did God think when Israel neglected his principle of first fruit giving? What did God think? Well, Malachi 3 and 7, look at that, what he think, that God thinks, what he said. Even from the days of your father, ye are, are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? 
And I, I know, you know, we, we don't want us to read this, but I ain't, I'm not going to beat you up with it. He said, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes and offerings. So he said, you are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now wherewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I were not open to you the windows of heaven and pour uh, you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. And we wonder why God doesn't bless us. Why we're missing God's very best. It's because we have forsaken God's principle of thinking about him first. Now let me go back to what I said last week. Last week I said first fruit, tithes, and offerings are different according to the scriptures. Now I gave you one script, but I'm gonna, get, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna look at, I'm gonna look at Nehemiah. I got a couple of minutes. Nehemiah ten thirty seven. Just just listen to it as I read it. It says, "And we should bring the what the of our dough in our what offerings. and the first fruit of all men of trees and of wine and of oil unto the priest to the chambers of the house of God and the what." Of our ground unto the Levites, and that the same Levite might have the what? Tithe. In all the cities of the tillage. Now, what do you see in that verse of scripture? You see first fruit, you see offerings, and you see tithe. Now, why would he mention all of them in one verse of scripture like that when he it, when he really meant that he was going to just talk about just offerings alone. Or if he want to just talk about tithes alone. Or just first fruit alone. Why would he say all three? Makes one wonder, right? Because it was important then. It's important now. All right, move a little further. Nehemiah 12 and 44. Look what it says. And at that time were some appointed, were some appointed over the chambers of the treasure. Now we just found out from uh, verse 37 that they were supposed to bring it unto the priests to the chambers of the house of our God. So they brought it to the house of God and look what it says here and appointed over the chambers for the treasure for the what? For the what? Offerings and for the and for the you see all three mentioned there? They had a treasurer that took the offerings the first fruit and the tithe to gather them unto them out of the field of the cities, the portions of the law for the priests and the Levites, for the Judah rejoiced for the priests and for the Levites that waited. So, my thoughts here, first fruits are given to the first portion, given the first portion to God. Say that with me. First fruits are the first portion to God. Now let's look at Romans again. Romans 11 and 16 it says, if the part of a dough offering as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. 
So giving the first portion of your finances to God will cause all of your finances for the rest of the year to be holy. It's a principle here. You want to start the year off right so when the first part is holy, everything that comes behind that is holy. When the first part is good, then everything that attached to that after that is good. Are you following me? So first fruits causes God to treat our finances as holy, giving you favor with God because your finances are connected to the first fruit offering. Your finances are connected. The way they did it back then is connected to the success of the entire year of everything that they have. Are you still with me? So, let's go to Ezekiel 44 and 30. Watch this. So the first of all first fruits the first of all fir first fruit. Let's stop right there. I thought first fruit was just first fruit. But here he's explaining it. The first of all first fruits. In other words, you're going to get more than one first fruit. But they're going to be the first of all of your first fruits that you're going to receive that you're going to give to the Lord. So you might get a first fruit in January. You might get a first fruit in February. You might get a first fruit in March. You might get a first fruit in April. You might get a first fruit in May. But the first of all first fruits, he's got an S on it. Why y'all looking at me like that? I'm reading the scripture right. The first of the first. The first of all first fruits of every kind. And look at this here. Every contribution of every kind from all your contributions. Everything that comes through your hand that's added to your life. You ought to look at it as being the first of the first fruit. And you should not keep it to yourself because it's the first of all first fruit. Don't cut your first fruit off because if you do, you won't have no first part of the first fruit. Nobody says, shall be for the priest. Shall you bring it to the priest so the priest can do something? Why? Because that's God appoint, appointed one to bless what you have. And I know it's some resistance because you've seen jack legs and you've seen people who just 
doing all kind of crazy stuff. I ain't giving you nothing. But now, we've been here going on 32 years. We started, or God started it through us to start this. Jesus said, if you don't just receive me, look at my track record. We ain't been in no scandals over here. Amen. Your wife, you've been safe around here. Yes. Your daughter's been safe around here. Yes. And God knows your husband and your son been safe around here. The yes. devil is a liar. Yes. We don't get down like that. Yes. Hmm? Yes. See what people don't realize. You're not doing this as unto Harvey B. You're not doing it as unto no man. You're doing it as unto the Lord. We, we, just, we just believe God's word. We do things by faith over here. Have you figured, I can't figure God out. On, I, you, you're going to mess your brain up trying to figure out God. You think you already got a couple screws loose. Now, you're going to be showing up delirious trying to figure God out. There's no searching of his understanding. Let me finish my scripture here. Y'all about to get me a little indignant here. So, shall be for the priest. For you shall also give to the priest the first of your dough. So, this is the first of the first fruits. That's the first part. The first of what you're going to get. And what happens? To cause a blessing to rest on your house. I don't know a person in here that don't want the blessing to rest on their house. Wait, wave at me if you want the blessing to just, just, just remain on your house. Just rest there, God. Don't, don't let it leave. Just let it rest there. Let it linger on my house. So what are you saying, Bishop? First fruits impart a blessing on your home. Say that with me. First fruits will impart a blessing on my home. And I need all the blessings that God want to give me for my home. Matter of fact, I receive in advance all of the blessings that God want to impart on my home. Hallelujah. That means your home is blessed, ladies and gentlemen. That means you're going to always have. That means your stuff will never run out. That means you will never run dry because the blessing rests on your house. Glory to God. Need the blessing to rest on my house. Yeah, Y'all look funny if you want to. That's what you tell them. Say, you look funny if you want to. But I know what God been showing me. I know what God done told me. And more God blessing me. You turning your nose, twisting your nose, doing whatever you want to do. Keep on doing it. Because the more you do that, the more God bless my life. 
There's a lot of folk in here that don't testify about it, but they so blessed, hallelujah, other folk can't stand it. And that's how you want to be. You want to be so blessed that other folk can't stand it. I get up and dance in a minute because I know God been good to me. I don't worry about trouble because God will take care of my trouble. I don't worry about weight because God take care of my light and my heavy weight. I don't care about what the world is doing, but God promised me that the blessing will rest at my house. Shout somebody high five say, I need the blessing at my house. Hallelujah. Now somebody holler, Lord, don't let it stop. Let it rest there. Let it linger there. Let it stay there. Hallelujah. Look down the road and say, I have it no other way. God resting on my house. God seeing to my knees. God will not forget me. He promised to be with me even until the end of the age. Woo! Me and God are the majority. I don't care what the naysayers are saying, but you and God, you are the minority. Hallelujah. You and God, y'all got it going on. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll be with you always. Huh? Holler at somebody say, that's the kind of God we serve. They don't want to talk back to me, but that's the kind of God I serve. You don't want to say it, that's the kind of God I serve. I've been where I had needed some things. I've been where things didn't look right. I've been where things looked like they were going down. But God didn't let me stay there. Woo! Hallelujah! And look at somebody say, there's more to come. It's not over yet. God is birthing something for you right now. God is already working in your favor. He's touching people's lives. He's touching men hard. He's stirring that thing up for you. The dead devil is a liar. Oh, this is a new beginning for you. Turn this to my devil. I'm coming out of this thing with more than what I started with. Tell us I may have started one way. But I ain't going to stay there. I'm coming out a different way. I'm coming out with the anointing of God. I'm coming out with a fresh start. I'm coming out with breaking yokes and destroying what the enemy tried to put in my way. Woo! Look at somebody said, what we've been through up until now. It was the making of us. We're not going to throw in the towel. But we're going to trust God for our household. We're going to do what God say. So we can get what God got. Tell him again. We're going to do what God say. So we can do what God has. And God got a lot of stuff for us. Somebody give him praise like you know he got a lot of things for you. Good God Almighty. Yes, 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 yes. 
All right. So many times, financial blessing is not our main need or concern. Having a blessing on your home positions you to have healing in your physical spirit. Your physical body and your spiritual life and emotional needs for you and your family is not just your finances, but it's everything about you. God help me teach this time. I'm getting too happy here. So when you get your fresh fruit, not only do you benefit, but your saved and unsaved loved ones do also. Because when the blessing is on your home, whoever's in it or whoever walks in, <laughs> Whether they save or under, when, when the blessings is on your home, whoever's in there, you come up in here if you wanna. You gonna leave out a different way. Oh, uh, y'all gonna help me in here? I don't hear nobody in here. But we say, you know, but it's uh, my money. It's my time. It's my life. Oh, yeah? God owns everything. Watch this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Psalms 24 and 1. Look what it says. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. That means everybody. That means you. Not yours, it's the Lord's. Are you following me? God owned the cattle on a thousand hills. Colossians 1 and 16. Look what it says. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him. Watch this. And for him. You were created by God and for God. So by God, won't you listen to him? You didn't like that? Well, look at here. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. Look what it says. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your what? And in your what? Which are what? Your body and your spirit belong to God. You don't own nothing. Everything you got belong to God. You just a steward over it. Either you're a good steward or you're a bad steward. God doesn't need your money, your possessions, your service, your work, your time, your talent. He can do it all without you. But he wants it. Why? Because it's the result of you giving yourself to him. That's a, God set you up so he'll see whether or not you'll give yourself to him. He blesses you with all these things. He blesses you with possessions. He blesses you with money. He blesses you with service. He blesses you with work. He blesses you with time. And did he turn right around and see whether or not you will be so good to give it back to him. Would you look at somebody and say, are you, are you passing your test? Are you passing your test? 
And that's what he wants. He wants you. He wants you. So God has made you a steward of all that he has given you. Luke 16, 1 through 2, you want to turn there, reminds us of a steward who wastes his master's good is considered to be a dishonest steward. And all, was in, all that was entrusted to him was taken away. Why? Because the master couldn't trust him with it. And if God can't trust you with the way you've handled the little he have given you, why should he trust you with more in 2024? He can't trust you with what you had in 2023. Why would he want to give you more in 2024 when he couldn't trust you then? When we violate God's principle of first fruit giving, we show him exactly what we think of him. But I can't afford to give him very best to God. No, you can't afford not to. See, we have, have the false idea that God is interested more in the amount than we give him, than the quality of the gift. How much did the poor widow give? The Bible said what? Two mites, right? In other words, two cents if you please. Some say less than a nickel or how much, but it was, it was real low, whatever it was, real low. So it wasn't much. But it was all that she had. More important than the size of the gift, listen to me, it was the amount left over, which was what? Zero. So she didn't refuse to give anything just because she didn't have $200 to give. See, some people got the mind thought, well, if I don't have this amount, then I can't give. If I don't have $2,000, I can't give out of my $2,000, so I ain't going to give nothing. She didn't have two, $200. Two mites. She simply gave what she had. Now, please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. My note people in the back, put that up there. She didn't let what she didn't have influence her to give nothing. Amen. Amen. What I got in my pocket. God, I could give something. She didn't let what she didn't have influence her to give nothing. I'm slowing down on purpose because I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'll speed up when I need to speed up. God looks at your heart and the amount. Hear me good now. But not necessarily the amount giving, God looks at the amount left over. I want that to sink in for a minute. Not the amount that was given, but what was left over. 
you're a good class. Let me ask you. I think you got the answers. If a person has $100,000 and they give $10,000, how much is left over? $90,000. Ain't no trick in it. If a person has $100 and give $10, how much is left over? $90. Now, all of us in here that, you know, we, we got a little math sense. Both gave how much? 10%. Now, here's the question. In God's sight, which one gave more? The person who gave $10. Some of y'all was a little slow to answer. The person who gave $10 is the one who gave more. <laughs> First Corinthians 16 and 2. I, I'm coming back to it. I, I know I left you hanging. Look what he says. First, first, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God have prospered him. You see that? Lay aside was in store, but here's what I want you to know, and I put it on there. God looks at how much you have left over to see the value of your gift to him. See, the reason why the one that gave 10 gave more because out of 100,000, I got 90,000 left over. The other one got $90 left over. Of course you could do more. Can you do more with 90,000 or 90? God looks at what is left over after you give. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking the other. Running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. Watch this. Shall men give. Shall men give. Shall men give. Here's what you need to say. God, make me the man. I don't want to be the recipient of everybody having to give me something. I want to be the man that's giving out. Because if you're the man that's giving out, that means you're the one that always have. So you know how you say, Lord, make me the man or make me the woman? Because you always have to give out. Amen. <laughs> so that means you always got a lot left over. Some of us in here so blessed, we always got stuff left over. 
You're so blessed, you go to the restaurant. You can't eat all your food. You throw it away. You got leftovers. In your home, you don't finish it. You cook it. You say, oh, this didn't turn out right. You hold, throw the whole batch out. In your home, you pack your refrigerator. You forget what you got in there. You go buy a whole new set, and you throw that out. You always got leftovers. You waste gas just running. I just wanted to go down there just to see what was down there. You didn't have to go. You just went. Just burn gas just to burn gas. You always got something left over. I don't want this bottle of cologne no more. I want something new. I don't want this here. I don't, I don't want this perfume no more. I want this one, this one, this one, this one. You always got something left over. You'll never be able to use all that stuff you got up there on your hutch. You so blessed and got so much leftover. God said, the ones that got the leftover, those are, that's what I'm looking at. It's how much you got leftover because when you begin to give to God, look like you're getting more. And when you give to God, look like your stuff never run out. When you give to God, look, when they told that woman to stop bring more basket, they stopped pouring that oil and look, the, the oil kept pouring and they said bring some more. They poured some more and looked like they said kept Bring some more basket. Bring some more. Bring. That's how God is. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. And when you start pouring, he don't know how to stop pouring. <laughs> so you say you can't we can't afford to give to God, but yet look what we're driving. You can't afford to give to God, look what we're living in. You can't afford to give to God, look what we have in our homes. Colored television, 50 inch, 60 inch, 70 inch, 75 inch, 90 inch, 100 inch, big old television in the home. Hallelujah. You can't give to God. Got these big TVs, a thousand channels. You know you ain't going to look at all them channels. You can't afford to get a thousand channels. Just turn it, just turn it, just turn it, just turn it. You'll never get to the end of all them channels. And you ain't got time to be sitting there looking at all that anyway. You can't afford to give to God. Got microwaves. You ain't got to go in and cook it. All the, you got microwaves. Some of y'all got more than two. Yeah, you got all these gadgets now. You got to have fryers and you got all kinds of things, all kind of ovens. You got stereo systems. You got luxury, 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 luxury. And we plan our vacation to go to the beaches, but we cannot afford to give to God. The devil is a liar. So is God really concerned about such things? Yes, he is. Why? Because it reveals where our heart and affections are. When you start talking about people's monies and the pocketbook nerve, you hit that pocketbook nerve, you're going to see where their heart and their affections are.
It's an indication of our yieldedness to him, our love for him. It's a slap in his face, the way that some Christians treat God when it comes to first fruit giving. Why? Because it's a gauge of our love for him. It's an insight of our faithfulness, our love, and dedication to God. Get this. God gauges our thanksgiving or our thank give thankfulness by our obedience. Our obedience to his principle of first fruit giving. And are we giving God the leftovers in our lives, the end slices, the discarded, a tip in the offering plate, and keeping the best for ourselves? Wow. Yeah, the end slices. You know what the end slices. Don't nobody at the house want to eat the end slices. Y'all left the end slices for me? You eat all of it in the middle, then come to church, give God end slices. Look what the scripture says. Present 8 and 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. Now, the first thing you got to do is give yourself to the Lord. Really, why you're having a hard time with your first fruit, you're tied off, you ain't gave yourself completely to the Lord. you still standing on the outside. Say, well, you know, I just go to church. I, I really ain't in all the way in there yet. Look at 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, But this I say, he would sow it sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. And he would sow it bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. This is first God, first lady. God deliver me from stingy people. And if they hang around me and they stingy, they're going to stop being stingy. What are we sowing? What are we reaping? Let's make this the best year ever. How? By giving to God our very best. Now, you know what our prayer should be? Our prayer should be, Father, forgive us for putting you second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth place in our lives. Our priorities are all wrong. May we first give you ourselves that what you really want and anyhow, but we pause right here now to give you our thanks for who you are. That's the first place you got to stop it with yourself and say, hey, I'm giving God me first and everything that's attached to me it belongs to God so when the first part is good then the rest of it will be good when the first part is holy then the rest of it will be holy I'm going to close with this today I have with me many of the apple variety that follow the arrow culture to have unique characteristics that make them ideal for eating out of the hand, for baking, for saucing, for 
desserts for making cider or what have you. And while many apples were brewed for specific applications, most apples can be used however you like. But did you know that there are something like 2,500, 2,500 uh, uh, variations of varieties of apples in the United States? And perhaps as many as 30,000 worldwide. And some are just slight variations of others, but that is still a lot of, uh, to choose from when you're talking about apples. The apple industry in America employs a, a, almost 150,000 people, uh, farms over 300,000 acres, and has an annual sale over $22 billion wow. by providing $8 billion in wages. We love our apples, don't we? The cosmic Chris apple. Some will say, hallelujah. This, there are all different variations. The cosmic crisp apple. It's good for saucing or what have you. And many people like to eat of it. There is what we have, the autumn glory apple, which has a hint of cinnamon in it. The all, it, I'll tell you, it, it's, it's very, 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 very sweet, and it's called the autumn glory. And you know, I didn't know this. All these apples have different names and they're made from different places and some are more plentiful. They're like in the early part of the season. Some are mid-season and some are late-season apples. But they all have their place. Then you have the pink lady. Mild and pleasant flavor, but when you bite into it, it's got plenty of crunch. Are you hearing me? How many of you might identify with the pink lady? It looks a little pink, you know, but boy, it makes a loud crunch. Can you say amen? amen. Then you have what we call the juicy apple. It doesn't have an E on it. It's spelled J-U-I-C-I. Juicy. Are y'all hearing me? It offers a wonderful bandage of sweet and tart flavors, plus an amazing crunch. And it has a thin, uh, a thinner skinned uh, line with an incredible long life shelf life. I mean, it can stay on the shelf a long time. And it looks good. And so you don't have to worry about it going bad like some of this other stuff go bad real quick. Are you hearing me? So we got all these different kinds of apples and, you know, over 2,000, 2,500, 20, but I won't be able to tell. But then there also is the Rainer apple. It's a honey crisp. How many of you like honey crisp apples? 
super crisp apple has just the right balance of sweet and tart and juicy, fresh, and all them flavors that is highly in demand. Hallelujah. Then some of you all say, well, you know, Bishop, when I pass by uh, the fruit uh, place, what I really uh, care for is that Fuji apple. But you know that Fuji uh, really not really best of the sweetest apples. But the Fuji, Fuji is very good, but it's best known for applesauce. Then we have what we call the Granny Smith apple. Now this apple right here, just to eat it alone, might not be something you really want to do unless you develop a taste for that. Are you, are you hearing me? But this uh, Miss Granny, Granny Smith apple, it is incredibly tart, high in acid, and a subtle sweetness, but watch this. It is great for candy apples because the sweetness and the acid and the tartness come together and it makes a super candy apple. Are you, fine? Are you following me? So we have, we have all these apples and our, uh, you know how they say it, and our, uh, I didn't pick the best of the red delicious apples but normally they have that crimson red on it and it's very shiny and it's very beautiful to look at and uh it's mildly sweet and light like have a light crispiness crispiness to it and so it's good for eating and uh, a lot of the apples are now kind of taking over from the red delicious apple because they really making these apples really stand out amen then we have what we call, and you probably haven't heard of this one, but you probably have. This one here is called the sugar bee, B-E-E. -E. Good God Almighty. When I, when, I, when I got this one here, I felt something. <laughs> when I was in the store and I picked this up, I was like, I flew sugar bee. My man. Sugar. Hi. But now the sugar bee, we are blessed by the industrious honeybee which, you know, propagated the sugar bee. It's come from honey, the honeybees, full of intense flavor like honey, uh, caramel, and molasses. So it's very sweet. That's why they call it the sugar bee. But now there's the golden apple. There's a whole lot of other apples that you may hear me mention about. But when I went to the supermarket, went to the grocery store, uh, my wife turned me on to this, this apple that I have never, ever had a bad apple that's named this apple. And it is called the Envy Apple. No need to be jealous here. The sweetness is all yours. Inside, you'll find a very sweet, low-acid apple that slow to brown is so perfect for slicing. It won't turn brown on you. And I'm going to tell you something. 
It was so sweet the other day when I was eating it until the juice ran down my fingers and my fingers were sticky. An envy apple will always, always be sweet to its taste. All these apples have, you know, variations and a lot of them sometimes might be sweet here and miss here. But one thing about this envy apple, it don't ever disappoint you when it comes to it being sweet. Can you say amen? amen. So you say, Bishop, why are you bringing all of this up? Well, when the first part is good, then the rest of it will be good. So if I sliced it and brought it and God gave the first slice to God and we all tasted all of the rest of it, what was on the first part of it is guaranteed to be in the rest of it. There are variations of apples and they all have their strength. They all have their purpose and they all fulfill their calling and assignment. Regardless of whether you have an Amarosa apple, a Bella D. Bosco apple, a Bray Burn, Burn apple, a Cameo apple, or a Kirtland apple, or a Crispin, or Empire, or Evercrisp, or a Fuji, or a Gala, or a Golden Delicious, a Granny Smith, a Honey Crisp a Jazz, a Johnny Gold, a Jonathan, or a, a Macintosh, or Macon, or a Melrose, or a Newton Pippin, or Pacific Rose, a Pink Lady, or you have a Pink Pearl, or Queen, or Jacquard, or Red Delicious, or Rome, or a Rose Apple, or a Wine Sap. I'm here to tell you that what's in the first part will be with the rest of it. Can you say Amen. Yes, yes, yes. What was in the seed was in the root and what's in the root will be in the trunk and what's in the trunk will be on the branches and the branches will bring uh, uh, the fruit at its maturity. Can you say amen? Yes, what's on the first part of it? You can tell it that, hey, I know that that tree is full of sweet fruit because what's on the first part of that fruit, which what's come from the seed, that is going to be in the rest of it. Can you say amen? So God is telling you when you first take the first bite, you can, my God, rest assured that all throughout eating that apple to the end, it's going to be good to the end. When you give God the first part of the first of the year, it's going to be all good until the end. I don't hear nobody in here. What's in the root will be in the fruit. What's in the seed will come out of the seed can you say amen so I dare not I dare not do right by God God been too good to me that's why we're exploring like we're exploring because whatever is in those apples it was already started before it became an apple so what God has for you has already started before you came in 2024. While you were getting ready to be here, while y'all were getting ready to praise him at the first beginning of the year, God said, I've already done it. 
before y'all got here. And so y'all know what that lead me to believe that everything is going to be all right. No matter what happens from here on out, it's going to be all right. Why? Because God had already set it up for me to prosper in this year. Can you say amen? Because what was in the first beginning of the year, the, what was in the first beginning of the year, nah, my heart said to God, I'm going to praise you. No matter what I had going on in yesteryear, let 23 take care of itself. But I'm headed to 24. Nah, can you say amen? And so what was on me nah, in the first part? Nah, it's on me now. Now, will you touch your neighbor and say, what was on me in the first part of the year? It's still on me. It's still on me. It's on me now. I don't stop praising him because I had to go through some tests. I don't stop praising him because I got to go through a trial. I don't stop praising him because it don't look right. What I tasted from God in the first part and what I'm going to taste till the end, I don't hear nobody. I'm going to be all right. Shake somebody here and say, I'm going to be all right. Tell them, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Hey, shout yes. Yeah. If I get the first part right, Everything else is going to be all right. If I get it good from the beginning, it's going to be good in the end. If I get it great in the beginning, it's going to be great in the end. Can you say yes? So it don't matter what you say about me. It don't matter how they talk about you. It don't matter if they kick you to the curb. It don't matter. They call you Jesus freak. It don't matter what they say about your children. Because in this house, it's already blessed. The first part is blessed. Shout glory. Yeah. I got to go to my seat. But let me tell you something. Let me talk to the men. Men, I want you to know something. God. God told me to tell you that the first part is blessed, then the rest will be blessed. I'm talking to you men now. God told me to tell you if the first part is blessed, then the rest will be blessed. What are you talking about, Bishop? You are the man. You are responsible. You gotta be good. So that the rest of your household can be good. You gotta be blessed. So the rest of your household can be blessed. You gotta be first partaker of what God say. Man, you gotta do it. You gotta praise it first. You gotta live it first. You gotta sow first. You gotta serve first. You gotta pray first. You gotta praise it first. So when you do it, your wife will do it. Your sons and daughters will do it. Cause when the first one is blessed, everybody else in the household, everybody
everybody else in the household, everybody else in your household will be blessed. Shout yeah, yes. Now look at somebody and tell them, say neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. For me and my house, we will, we will. I say we will. But me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. Shout yes, yeah, yes. Give somebody a high five and say my mind is made up. Find somebody else and say my mind made up. I said, if I got this right, tell me, say, let me see if I got this right. If God first, if I give God first, if I sow to God first, all of my stuff, everything that he has for me, the devil can't have it, the devil can't take it, it's mine. to turn your frown into a smile. You got who about to turn your down into a up. Your out into an in. Are you hearing me? Your last to a first. The last shall be first. Glory be to God. I'm looking across, I'm bruising this room.
and I'm looking at some blessed people. Hallelujah. Not just because I say it, because God already said it before I did. He said, you are blessed and highly favored. Are you following me? You got more working for you than against you. Say that with me. I got more working for me than against me. Because you and God are the majority. What I teach and preach like I do is because I want you to realize you have hope. If you can live another day, you can dream it, you can have it. You can do it, you can be it. Live to see another day. And you're going to live to see it happen. You're going to live to see whether you, well, you were down and now you're up walking. And the devil tried to take you out. But you're getting stronger by the day. You're able to stand longer. You're able to move further than you ever have before. When they counted you out, some kind of way you bounce back every time. I look at Sister Whipple standing here. I don't know how many times they done called us. And say, we think this is it right here. She got more, more lives than a cat. I'm telling y'all the truth. It's been more than nine times. Am I, tell, am, I, am I saying it right? It's been more than nine times. And I'm going to tell you what she do. When she go in there and they be working on everything, she witnessing to the doctors, the nurses, and everybody. You know Jesus? But they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't call us in, I don't know how many times. Well, I guess. And she wound up going to the funerals to all the other folks that thought she was supposed to be out here. When God says it's not over, it is not over. See, we got living, walking, breathing people who are testifying. He a mother of cancer. Good God Almighty. Don't tell me that what God can't do. Everybody on this front row right here standing here by the mercy of God. They don't count these out right here. I know that at least these four right here. I know they don't count. But look at them. They look better than a whole lot of us. Don't tell me what God can't do now. God got y'all here for a reason. Hallelujah. One thing about it, once they, once they get them back up on the feet, where, they, where you find them, 
in the house of God. Huh? They don't make no excuses. Well, you know, I'm trying to still recover. No, I'm getting myself to the house. House of the Lord. Where the feast of the Lord is going on. I'm telling you, I know what God can do. And here's the thing. America churches are nothing like the Bible churches. We don't basically redefine what church is. We don't redefine what church is. Here it is. I was speaking to leadership yesterday in Ephesians. It says, he gave some apostles, some prophets, huh? He gave some teachers, pastors, evangelists for For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. God gave us all these people not just to have titles, He gave us some, not all, but it's for the body to empower the body. Are you hearing me? Can, can you put that up? I'm, I know I'm, 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 I'm flowing now. But, but Ephesians, it's Ephesians 4, 11. It's one of them. I think it's 4. Is it 4? 4, 11, 12, 13, 4. I think I'm right. I, I want you to see this. I want you to see this and I'm, then I'm, I'm done. Quickly, would you get it quickly? Just, just King James. I don't got to worry about the other one. Yeah, there it is. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, just like I was saying, and pastors and teachers. Y'all see that? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ he gave some for not everybody but he gave some he's equipped some people with giftedness to do the for for maturing and making the saints better for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ so this is for you to work, not for just the pastor and the first lady and the minister. Listen, we should be equipping you so you can lay hands on the sick. This is for the work of the ministry. So you can win souls. 
Woman, the last time you cast out a demon, this is for you to do the work of the ministry. It's not for the past, it's for you to equip the people so that the people can do the work. If you are not doing the four, we are failing at our jobs. If you're not being perfected, if you're not working, if you're not being edified, built up, I am failing as a pastor and all the leaders that are with me. Now, I, I, I accept some of that, but I ain't going to accept all of it. So God gave us good, good kick in the seat of the pants as leaders. Oh, yes, did he? My grandmama can say, yes, did he? That God wants us to get up off of our derrieres and equip the people so that they can be perfected, so they can work the ministry, so that they can edify the body. And you know what? If we can't do that as leaders, we need to turn in our bed, turn in our license, turn in everything, and go sit in the proof, and then, you know, let somebody else do it. But this is what it's for. This is what it's for. So if we're going to be a biblical church, we've got to be a church that take these some and have four in our church. Four perfecting, for work in the ministry, and for edifying the body. If the some can't do the job, we need to get somebody else in there. So everybody in the leader here, you, if you're going to walk with me, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know what to tell you. Well, Bishop, I ain't been filled. You better hurry up. Let's get together in the private section. What we got to do? But you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you can't do this, what we just said, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. How are we going to expect something out of you that ain't even in you? I can't expect somebody of you that's not in you. He's going to be in you to work through you for the edifying of the body of Christ. So God wants the church to empower the people. We should be empowering the people. Y'all shouldn't have to call us for everything. Y'all should have to go, well, you know, so-and-so is sick. No, you know how to pray for the sick. That should be automatic for you. Say, no, we ain't got to call the bishop. I know how to pray. We're going to pray this thing through right now. So we need to empower you so you know how to do it. We need to empower you so you can win a soul to Christ. Go through the Roman road of salvation. You don't have to have pastor coming. Well, I'm going to take you to the church so he can lead you to Christ. No, we're going to lead you to Christ right now. So we're going to be a church that empower the people to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. 
So when, you, when, they, when they hear you coming from the winning church, they're going to say, oh man, everybody over there know how to pray. Everybody over there know how to read. Everybody over there got scriptures all in them. Yo, you go to that church, man, they fired up over there. It's not just for a few. It's for the work of the ministries, for the perfecting, to make you mature. It's for the edifying, to build you up so that you can carry out the call that's on God's people. And you are a part of that. Come on, put your hands together. Everybody's standing. I'm done.